Welcome back to Bible study, to Paul's letter to the Philippian church. We are in chapter three, and I think, uh, oh, by the way, welcome Derek, welcome John. Kind of the wrong way around, but they're really, you know, <laughs> the experts in this control room will figure that one out. So it's good to be back together. We're going to read from verse um, 7 through to verse uh, 14, I 14? think, Derek. Yeah, yep. thank you okay. very much. And John will pray. Yeah. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Wonderful. Sorry, I couldn't help but say that. John. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for your word. We thank you that this wonderful unfolding letter to the church at Philippians is teaching us so much about Christ and about Christ in us and about how we can walk according to the will of the Lord and not be driven by the flesh. Father God, I pray for everyone, everyone who hears this message, Lord, that we will be able to explain, Lord, what the Lord is saying here and that you will be truly blessed and liberated from things that have held you in bondage until this day. Lord, we ask that you put your words in our mouth and that above all, Lord, you be glorified in our study here this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Okay, so I, I, I often think of Paul's writings that he, he's almost anticipating a hostile press or a hostile reporter who's going to sort of manipulate what he says, who's going to, you know, deliberately pick one thing out and use that as an argument to discredit what he's saying. So he's, he's sort of, in, in detail, giving the argument. So he's just gone through, as we did last week, talking about um, confidence in the flesh and saying that if anyone has confidence in the flesh, and, he, and then he lists all these things that Derek did brilliantly last week, um, but... You know, a mischievous reporter could just take out of context what Paul said and say, oh, yes, he has confidence in the flesh. You know what I mean? And you, and, but Paul is often doing that. And, I, you know, what if some might say this or, or some argue that I'm saying this? He, he's sort of, um, but um, it's false. Mm. Um, and, and it's, it's why he's in, anticipating the, the gainsayers and the antagonists and, the, and the, those who twist what he says. So he then, straight in at verse 7, says, of course, you know, mm. 
whatever I, I once considered to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. So he did once consider it to be profit, but he has to punctuate what he's saying all the time because of the, the devil is out there to twist mm. what, what's being said. Mm. We've all experienced yeah. it. Yes. I'm just going to answer that. No, no, point. Yeah. no we, ha we have all experienced yeah. it. And I think you're right. He, he's a master communicator. I mean, he's always second to none. Yeah. Yes, certainly some of his sentences could be a bit long and convoluted, but that's partly because they're translated. They're probably perfectly all right in the original language. But he, 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 his reasoning, the, the, the way he forms the argument yeah. and then presents it, I think yeah. is superb. And you're right, I, I haven't thought about it because it's what happens today and it would have... Because I've experienced it. Well, nothing's yeah. changed yeah. and it would have happened in his day too. There would be all those who would try to... just give you an anecdote. We don't have many, so I'll throw one in. I, uh, many, many years ago, my brother um, took over from a, a certain Lady Watherston. It was called the National Council for Christian Standards in Society. And um, there was a, a mailing list. We're talking about 30 years ago, I should think. And um, it was like the, um, what's her, the name, the lady who did the Television Viewers and Listeners Association. It's all about standards in public life. But anyway, Richard Littlejohn's show, as it was in the old days, you know, they needed someone to speak from the National Council on a certain topic. And I, um, so I was there um, on, on, you know, on the telephone and, and I quoted um, Paul's uh, writings at the end of, uh, you know, uh, Romans 1 and, and just verbatim where it says you know um, um, people who do such things deserve death you see and before I'd, I was able to go through my arguments because uh, the, the, the reporter immediately said oh so you, you're saying that they should all be put to death <laughs> you know what I mean so then you're then sort of dealing with as it were the flack yeah. you know that's trying to literally knock you off off course from the main points um, about what's right, what's wrong, and, uh, and then I was able to say, well, we're all under the sentence of death because of sin and, and the like. But I, I, I could give you probably five instances of how on, on a, uh, an interview, live or pre-recorded, it's been twisted and they grab on one thing. And it happens very much in the political world today. Yes. You just say one slip up and they've yes. got you. And you don't have a chance actually to recover often. They, they've got you. So Paul, He's anticipated all of that. <laughs> and, and there he is um, saying that actually, you know, I, can, I consider it loss. All of this jazz, as it were, that the world thinks is important, which of course, I, I can show you, I know all about it. Um, it's actually, doesn't mean a lot to me, <laughs> all of that. And that was quite a lot because he was a proud Pharisee, wasn't he? He, he was right at the top of the, the political activists pile and, um, and, you know, to the point of persecuting the, the early church. Uh, but there we are, verse 7. You can yeah. I've rambled. interpret that in two ways, because, or there are two applications, rather. One is to salvation itself, you know, being justified before God. Yeah. And the second issue is in our life now. And, but, so first, the first thing I would want to say is, all these things were that be the kind of things that the Jews would trust in for their salvation. First of all, their pedigree, they're Jews. You know, I have a covenant with God. Mm. And this idea that somehow, just because I'm a child of Abraham in the flesh, I'm, I'm in the kingdom of God. You know, don't have to, nothing else is required. And the second thing is the performance, mm. which is all, all the law keeping. Mm. And, and 
this big wrong idea came in that somehow that we establish our righteousness with God by keeping the law. Yeah. And uh, just to quote a reference on that, mm. it's Romans 10, mm. uh, where he says this is precisely the problem of the, of the Pharisee sect of his yeah. time, yeah. the dominant sect really, for, uh, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness that he gives as a free gift, and seeking to establish their own That's righteousness, right. have not submitted to the righteousness of God. So exactly you've it. got two options. You either try and establish your own righteousness, but that disqualifies you yeah. from receiving the righteousness of God. Yeah. And so what he had... What he, That's he had Romans to, 9, wasn't it, rather than Romans 10? No, it's Romans 10.3. Oh, 10.3, okay, yeah. good. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, the first thing to say, I would say from this, is that he'd come to the realization, certainly as far as salvation is concerned, that all these things that he had thought were gains, yeah. in the plus column for his life, you yeah. know, if you were thinking of establishing your righteousness, well, these are my pluses, these are my minuses. Yeah. A bit like some religions, you know, as long as the pluses outdo the minuses, I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and these were all pluses. He's come to the conclusion that actually these things are, well, they're certainly zeros. Mm. They can't contribute to my salvation. And in a sense, he calls them a loss, a yeah. negative. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think wherever we're strong, wherever we think you know, we've got something yeah. to offer yeah. God yeah. in our flesh, we tend to trust in that. And so actually it becomes a minus because yeah. it gets in the way. Yeah. You know, exactly. So it's hard for the rich to enter the kingdom of God yeah. because you're strong in that area that makes you think you're okay and you yeah. don't need to trust in Christ. That's the point. So I believe that's a salvation verse, first of all. Mm. Um, you have to realize that anything I can offer for my salvation has no, yeah. counts for nothing in the sight yeah. of God. Therefore, I must trust in Christ alone. Yeah, but by the way, um, it, it, there is a, a little bit of an echo or, or foreshadow in chapter 9, end of Romans, because it says that they pursued um, their righteousness not by faith. Mm. Yeah. It's pursuing it by works, but not yeah. by yeah. faith. Yeah. Um, and they stumbled over the stumbling stone. In yes. other words, they weren't actually trusting in the Lord, as, mm. exactly as you said. Okay. Well, well, and um, so, uh, what comes after that? Well, he, yeah. he counted, he, in verse 7 it says, doesn't he, but, but what things were gained to me, He's listed all those before. Yeah. These I have counted loss for Christ. Mm. I, I've written them off. I've jettisoned them. Mm. Yeah. But then in verse 8, he says, Yet indeed I also count all things loss yeah. for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. So you've got the past tense where mm. he's mm. chucked mm. out, he's got rid of his history. But even now, yes. you've got past tense and present Good. tense there, you yeah. see. That everything, he, he just, if it's a hindrance, it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, compared to the surpassing greatness. Yes. Just so obvious, isn't it? it you is. know, of knowing uh, Christ. So you, you know, personal knowledge. Exactly. Personal knowledge of the, of the Lord. And, and totally that, satisfying. Yeah. You see, we, we have to try and explain. Sometimes it's very hard. These things are almost beyond expression. And, mm. and in as far as they can be expressed, Paul has done it. But he's talking about having a knowledge of Christ which absolute just obliterates yeah. any want or desire for anything else and therefore he doesn't need anything else he doesn't covet something he's seen down in the local bazaar he can't get down there because he's chained but if he could yeah. he wouldn't want it mm -hmm. apart from things he needs for living like 
razor and soap and toothbrush. It's, it's, it's just nothing. There That's is right. nothing right. to compare. It's very hard to, to, to get a hold of that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but it's very credible because he's got yes. both. He's yes. got, you know, knowing Christ, he's talking from experience, yes. and knowing all the other rubbish, yes. he's talking from experience. So he yes. really has authority. He really has authority here, and he's encouraging us to do the same. Yeah. This chapter is about knowing Christ and knowing him intimately. Mm. Mm. And, uh, and knowing him as Lord. Yes. Knowing Jesus Christ Jesus, my Lord. The whole Lord. point is that love relationship. Mm. Uh, Christ, in chapter 2, Christ has pursued him mm. and us. Yeah. And from heaven to earth, yes. died on the cross. Yes. And now that he has won Paul's heart, and now Paul is pursuing him. Yeah, yes. The divine romance. And, and now Christ is so valuable to him, he's not going to let anything else distract from him. Mm -hmm. And I don't think necessarily he's turning his back on being Jewish or all of that. No, I'm sure. It's just that he, he doesn't let that. You know, it's kind of like Jesus said, if you're following me, in, you must ha hate mm. even your Very family. Strong. Yeah. Now, what he means, of course, is that you love Christ so much that by comparison, you don't let anything else compromise your That's love for right. him. Yeah. You know, all these other things, I think, are fine in their place. Yeah. You know, they're like bonuses, but I will not let them get in the way yeah. of yeah. my pursuing Christ. And a Christ came to fulfill the law. Yes. It's wonderful, he, isn't it? He, he actually fulfilled, fulfilled the law. It. it just needs to get it into their heads, yes. what that means, if you know what I mean. Yes. He's I, the fulfillment of the He's law. the complete fulfillment. And, and one can't stress enough that he's doing this not out of any performance or legalistic motive. He's doing it purely out of relationship because he knows Christ and he wants to know him more. He knows who he is, and, and he's just totally consumed by him. The fact that Christ has fulfilled the law for him, mm. and now and the, the key verse we're going to get to yeah. about that now he has a righteousness that is a gift from Christ, actually sets your heart free. Yeah. You see, because if your foundation's not in place, you're constantly looking under your feet to try and firm yourself up and, yeah. you know, fix yourself. And so you, you can't really be involved in the pursuit, mm. you know. It, it, it's like a runner who's got to do up his laces and that. It's, he, his foundation is not secure, but if you know, I've been accepted by God, I'm forgiven, I'm righteous before God, Christ has fulfilled the law for me, there's no condemnation now in Christ. Yeah. All that legal basis has been sorted. Mm. So now I can relax and I can pursue Christ. Yeah. Now to use the marriage analogy, it's like, and this is where often marriages go wrong, I think, you know, there's a lot of work kind of getting ready for the wedding and all the lead up to it. And some couples, it's like, well, now we're married. Now we just, the, the point is that all of that come bringing us into that place where a legal thing is placed doesn't mean we stop now. It's just that this legal relationship now has created the foundation where we can pursue each other mm. and love each other mm. and, and because the foundation has been laid. There's nothing in the way now. Yeah. We live together and we yeah. can love each yeah. other. Whereas a lot have the attitude is, well, okay, well now we're married. That's yeah. what I wanted. Now I stop 
I stop loving the That's other right. person. And then it falls you, you know apart. what I mean? And we just yeah. Yeah. take every each other for granted. Yeah. When actually the whole point is the legal foundation is built. Mm. Now mm. Paul says, I don't have to worry about my salvation now. I don't have to worry yeah. about my righteousness. Yeah. He's my righteousness. Now I can just get on with the main thing, which is loving him yes. and no, getting to know him. Getting to know him. And, and I'm not going to let anything. He is so valuable that anything else, if something else tries to compete and take my heart, it, it hasn't got a chance because his value is so great mm. that I, I even yeah. count them as, as, as irrelevant. As, you know? as rubbish. And. Um, and then he uses the term to gain Christ. So I've lost, the other is a loss. It's just not, it's less than neutral. It's yes, just it, a loss, but a so loss. that I may gain. Yes. That I may gain Christ. Yeah. Yes. I, I, and, he's a, and I have suffered the loss of all. He did lose yeah. a lot. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he could have been one of these really famous rabbis that the Jewish right. world reveres. Yeah. Probably he was of that That's it, exactly. caliber, even in the, in the natural. Yeah. He lost all of that. That's and he right. lost a lot of yeah. praise of men yeah. and a lot of comfort. Yeah. But that meant very little to him mm. because he was gaining Christ. So yeah. it's not that he was out, I don't think, just to lose things for, the, for losing them, for the sake of losing things. But I think the attitude is all I want is Christ yeah. and to be one with Christ. And if that means losing this, yeah. no problem, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he, he used the term, you know, gaining Christ, and then he said, and to be found in him. Do you have that in your version? Yes, so we yes. might be found in him. Yes, what, that what, I may gain Christ and be found in him. Yeah, to be found, it meant a lot to him. To be found in him. Yes. In Christ, to be found in him. I think he's probably, again, looking forward to the day of Christ to judgment day. Mm. Yeah. And this is where he, 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 it's not really, it's not a doubt. Mm. He, he, he's, he's sure of it. But he, it, it, the way he is expressing it, that I may know him yeah. and, and, oh, sorry, I've jumped wrong first. Yeah, you have jumped to the resurrection, yeah. but it's irrelevant. Come, come back, yeah. yeah, because of the resurrection. Yeah. But um, I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ yeah. and be found yeah. in him. Yeah. It's, not I, having a righteousness of my own. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I think it's just he's trying to get across this, this deep understanding that he has about what is available to all of us. Yeah. It's not that Paul is special. Of course, he is special. But he, he's not special in, in the sense that the Lord values him more than he values you or one of the viewers out there. He, he loves us and values us. and he, Paul is saying, this is available to all of you. But there is a cost, but it's a cost worth paying, and it's a cost you won't even consider once you recognize. But actually, um, for most of us, it, it'll probably come in a different order. Mm. If you're determined to and, and press ahead to know him, you will then jettison all things. Yeah. Paul it came slightly differently because of the, 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 the conversion on the road to Damascus. Mm. Um, and some people might experience that. But you'll, you'll be willingness to get rid of it all. And, and, and then through that, he, he, he's really saying on Judgment Day, you will be found in him. It's not a question because Scripture says that's the case. It's just, it's just the, the completion, the completion of this journey. Because he says he hasn't attained it yet. He's, ho he's pressing in and holding on and, and, and hasn't attained. He's not perfect, he says. Mm, that's but it. so 
he, he's pressing on to, to perfection, that he will be found in him, but the answer is, he will be. That's it. But it's very moving, isn't it? Very moving. How important it is to Paul, yeah. you know, that I may be found in him. Yeah. It's, it's great. It's, it's just personal and it's, it's, it's meaningful to him. Can we talk about the rubbish a little yes, bit? Please. Yes, please. Yes, definitely. Because um, that's quite that. interesting that we would count. Because he is talking now about his Christian life. Yeah. And, and we've got a, the, you know, we've got, we're saved, we're righteous through Christ. But in that sense, we, we have it. We've, we've made it. Mm. But in another sense, we, all the, every, everything that's in Christ is available to us. And we need to experience, we need to know Christ, we need to experience Christ. We, mm. can, we can legally have something. So, for instance, if, uh, if there was somebody, a beggar going around town and you felt sorry for him and you, you, you put, assuming he's got a bank account, you, you put a bunch of money into his account. And then the next, uh, a few weeks later, you see him again and he's still walking around in his rags. Mm. And you say, well, you know what? What's going on? You've, you've got all of this stuff has been put to your account, you know. Um, but he hasn't drawn upon it. He hasn't mm. appropriated mm. it. So in the same way as Christians, all the blessings of God are ours. It's all been put yep. to our account. Yep. It's in Christ. Yep. But we, we need to appropriate it. And the only way we can appropriate it is getting close to him. is Because yep. they are in Christ. Yep. Yep. We, he owns them. As we draw close to him and get to know him, we then draw upon his life and his love and everything that he has for us. Another great analogy. We need to appropriate. Great analogy. And the problem is, the things in our life are idols. Mm. What stops us pursuing Christ is things out here, you know, that actually are too valuable to us, Mm. that they become God's substitutes. Mm. Mm. and, And our heart attaches to them and our heart is pulled away from Christ. So he, Paul gets to this point where he has literally counted everything else as rubbish. Yeah, yeah. All things, yeah. And there's, this word rubbish could either mean, now forgive me now, yeah. maybe you'll bleep me, but yeah. uh, it's either rubbish or shit, <laughs> right? Yeah. Literally, excrement, yeah. all right? Yeah. Could be used both ways. So yeah. in a sense, he, he's, now, it could be just the rubbish that you throw out because mm. it has no value to you. So mm. he's talking about all the things that could be idols in his life yeah. outside of himself. Mm. He, he has reckoned them to be, you know, worthy. He's willing just to throw them away because yeah. they can't compete with Christ. Yeah. But he also, I think, there's an application to his own self-righteous works, yeah. that which he can produce. Now, for, now forgive me for... Yeah, no, no, I've creating got this imagination in yeah. you, but that's a bit like excrement. Mm. He's saying all my good works, so-called good works, of mm. from my law-keeping, that waste. comes from my own flesh life. It's just waste. My, is actually just yeah. excrement. And you yeah. know, would you go around, you know, showing off your excrement to your friends, saying, yeah. "Look at look at what I've produced." Yeah. You know, <laughs> and he okay. says he, that's ridiculous. his own analysis now of the mm. product of his flesh life. Yeah. It's just excrement, you know. Mm. And um, so by valuing that, he's, he's rejected self-righteousness altogether mm. now. Very, very good. And it's, it's um, he's, so he's He does Christ. use extreme language. He does. There's no doubt about that. You know, we were talking about it last week with evil, you know, yeah. you know dogs. He uses very, very strong language. Um, the contrasts, uh, 
the difference. I mean, it, it is as bad as that, isn't it? It's the worst of the worst compared to the best of the best. Yes, and, but actually this is, this is a, a, a God trait, isn't it? You look at how the prophets spoke, spoke to the priests and the, and, and the, the kings of, of Israel and Judah, they did the same. I mean, they didn't pull their punches, did they? So we know that this is a characteristic of God. It's been expressed in slightly different ways through different men, through their own characters, but it's in, you, you can't miss it. He doesn't pull punches. Yeah. He doesn't want to mislead you. Yeah. Yeah. This is exactly as it is. Yeah. That's right. And, and it is the crux is righteousness that comes by faith. Yes. Um, which is one of the, you know, as it were, these sounding notes of Paul's, all of Paul's letters. Righteousness by faith. And he mentions it again here. And it's, it's all about gaining Christ. That's, yeah. that's what yes. matters. But just to put the balance on it, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, yeah. which is kind of saying the same thing. Mm. And all these things will be added to you. That's right. So in other words, these things now take their proper place in our life. That's yeah. right. That's you know, it. the good things, you know. God wants to bless us, but they are not the essence of our life. Christ is. And these things are bonuses. They are added to us. Mm. They are not our life. Mm. They are not the, at the core of our life. But... God gives us all things to enjoy, yeah. but they're not idols anymore. That's right. You see, they, are, they do not create the meaning of our life. That's good. That I may gain That's Christ, good. but yeah. then the things take their rightful place yeah. in our hearts. And, and those who are just living for the material world, it is, this is, to them, it's foolishness. Yeah. You see, because they're so absorbed by things, as it were, and all you can do is appeal to them and say, look, um, there's something better. And when you know that, you know the Lord, then you can put it into, into relief. In, uh, and you can contrast with, you know, the actual emptiness of yes. a materialist sort of things orientated life. You can only understand it in terms of love. Um, mm. And the gospel is given really, that we would fall in love with Christ, mm. as it were. Mm. You know, it's the story of his love for us yeah. that will create our love. So yeah. I, you can understand the human analogy is, you know, when two people fall in love, mm. you know, and I'm, maybe I'm bringing romantic idealism here, but, uh, you know, the other, nothing else really matters yeah. by comparison. That's right. You know, they're willing to give up their jobs if necessary. Yeah. They're willing to give up even their security yeah. or whatever, um, because that love means it's, it's, it's a supreme really, above, is it, more excellent than absolutely, anything else. Absolutely, absolutely. So it's like, sh we can only understand this. Yeah, in the context. He's in love with Christ. Yeah. Sorry to yeah. use no, that no, language, it's good. but no, it's fine. he's so in love I, I just tell nothing you, else matters. Yeah, when I was a little boy and I met, it was, I, was, I must have been 15, and I met a brother, John Alderson, and he, he's still um, you know, ministering, but he, he's very elderly now up in North Wales. And I, I never forget, he came down and visited us in Sussex in our home. I'd never met him before. And the first thing he said to me, Tim, do you love the Lord? Mm. And I was only, and that really hit me because, you know, do I know uh, Bible verses? Do <laughs> I, you know, you know had I, am I a Christian and all that? Do, do you love the Lord? And, and that really does. And I'll never forget it, John, you're watching. I'll never forget you saying that. And the, um, 
then you realize, yes, it's, it, it, there's something really deep here. Love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. You know, that is, that's the antidote to idolatry, yeah. um, which is um, sadly what uh, probably many Christians, those who abhor idols, do you rob temples. You know, those who, you know, say that they are, um, uh, uh, that, you know, they, uh, you should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You, you know, you can say all these things, but in your heart, where, where are you? And I'm afraid many of us are, you know, we, we, there, are, there are still idols out there, which means that we don't love the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind and strength. And in many cases, I think it means that we don't know how to. Mm. And Paul begins to tell us, this is how you do it. He's told us all through this letter yeah. how to do it. And to... You know, to, to, to be obedient to the Lord, but also, you know, to be, to be observant. Because in Romans 1, uh, particularly in uh, Romans 1, you know, the Lord says, I've, I've revealed myself in creation. It's mm. all there for mm. eyes to see. Mm. And for those that have eyes to see, you know, I'm in constant awe. I mean, I, I look at the flowers in my garden and I'm just in awe of yeah. their sheer unadulterated beauty. Yeah, yeah. Now, I know they're hybrids that man has done, mm. but you know, the blueprint was there, God mm. created it. Mm. And, and the perfection of the geometry in these mm. things, well, you all know more about this than I do. Mm. And then you, you know, the perfection of numbers and series and Fibonacci and things like <laughs> you think. Yeah. And the Lord's put it all yeah. there. There's nothing mm. that man's discovered that God didn't put there in the first place. Yeah. And it's just awesome. And you know, we watch quite a lot of nature programs and you hear the presenters saying, you know, this happened 10 million years ago, and I shout at the screen, how do you know? <laughs> <laughs> but, but you see the beauty of these creatures. Yeah. Stunning. Yeah. And, and, and how, they, how they relate to one another. You, then you see the effects of sin, where other birds come and steal other birds' and eggs yeah. and things like that. You see, this is yeah. sin. This is, that yeah. won't happen yeah. forever. But, but for the observant, you know, you can be, be in absolute awe of God yeah. just by walking yeah. out in the open countryside. Yeah. One, awesome. one, 1 John 2, verse 19, do not love the world, yeah. neither the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, um, the love of the Father is not in him. Mm. But everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of the eyes, the boasting of what he has and does, it's my version, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but the one who does the will of God will live forever. Mm. That's a good enough reason it is. not to love the world. It is. It's all going it to pass away. But, so this is the flesh. This is the lust of the flesh after the things of the world. Yeah. Uh, and it's easy to sh say it shouldn't happen, but let me give you an example. If someone is fasting and he or she walks into the dining room and there's a table laid, yeah. you know, for, for the next meal, the eyes see it. Mm. and want it. The smell smells it and wants it. Mm. This is, you know, bring it down to brass tacks, this is the flesh warring against the spirit and seeking to get control. So it, it's very real. It can. Very, very real. You can be consumed by it. You can be. You can be. And so to, then you take it out and you see women tend, tend I'm not saying they all are, I'm not so sexist, I'm a father <laughs> of three daughters, Women, you know, can walk past a dress shop and they've just 
got to have that pair of shoes <laughs> or they've got to have that handbag. I'm sure we've all experienced mm. this. <laughs> and many are, for goodness sake. <laughs> Only when there's a sale on <laughs> in my family. <laughs> <laughs> but but these, these are, there's nothing wrong with owning a handbag, but it's this lust that I've got to have it. Because yeah. the fact yeah. is you haven't got to have it exactly. at all. Um, it'd be perfectly well the day after tomorrow you'll have forgotten about it. And where your treasure is, there is your heart. Yes. Mm. All yes. of these scriptures. Yes. And, and, but again, there's nothing legalistic about this. Yeah. You know, if you, if you really desire that new camera, the Lord's not going to condemn you for it. Yeah. But it's again getting it all in perspective and seeing that compared with him, yeah. He's all you need. It it's all built. The modern world is all built on covetousness, isn't it? Yes. You know, they're sort of enticing people with adverts, and then you must have it, and yes. you covet it, and don't worry, because you can yes. have it. Yes. Because you can get credits. Yes. You can, you can buy then, anything you want. Yes, but there's always built-in obsolescence, isn't there? So then yeah. you've got to have the next it's, one, it's and then the one after Yeah, you, it's the drug. Yeah, yeah right. it's, a, it's, it's, it's a, the enemy. You tried to get the Lord Jesus with this as well. There's a difference between desire and lust. Yes. yes, there is. So desire is natural, yeah. and they're God-given desires. Mm. But it's lust is when those desires control you, yeah. Yeah. and you're driven by them. Mm. Like you say, you've got to have it now. Yeah. Yeah. And then covetousness is you leaving God's... Desire is, lust is when that thing is more important to you than God's presence. That's right, that's right. And so you leave God's presence to get that thing. Yeah. You, you've it's, you know, and that's why God's test for the Israelites in getting into the promised land was, okay, you can have the promised land, but I won't go with you. Yeah. Mm. And, and Moses got it right, of course. He says, well, if you don't go with me, I'm not going to... Though it would be very nice to have this promised land of a manifested blessings, um, what matters more to me is it's your, your presence, yeah, Lord. Exactly. And if, if it, being in your presence means I don't get that, then that's, that's okay. Because, yeah. But then when you pass that test, he can give you those other things, mm. but they won't be idols to you. Mm. Very good. You can enjoy them. Yeah. Mm. But uh, lust is actually when you want to own something, God, rather than God actually being the owner. And yeah. therefore you hold that's on to good. things lightly. Yeah because God is the owner and yeah. he allows you to enjoy them for a time. Mm. But when you want to be the owner and yeah. you want to have Very the control, good. Very then good. that's, that's lust. It is, it just is, and it's ridiculous because Ecclesiastes tell us, you know, you'll end up just <coughs> handing it over to someone else yes. you don't know. <laughs> They'll own it. You know, you're, we're just custodians. You know, the Lord, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And, you know, the land is mine. You're just tenants. Yes. Mm. So that's how we should view, as you say, yeah. all, all the Lord has given us for us. Wow, I think we've learned a lot there. I think you know, we have. A difference between desire and, and lust. And it, it, what is most tragic is that, yes, those who, who do reject the Lord and, and, and you know, the wonderful things that Paul's talking about here, some people could do go in the other direction because of, of lust and things and... and um, and will will literally um, forsake family, you know, the, you know, mm. all good good people can be trampled on because of this pursuit of whatever the addiction is. Yeah, it's a really it's a very dangerous thing, mm. isn't it, to to pursue things, to pursue um, sin. Exactly, and that's why Paul says you the only safe place actually is to pursue Christ. Yeah, because if you're not pursuing Christ, um, 
you will you will actually backslide and you'll yeah. you will start being drawn mm. away by the flesh mm. Mm. after some idol or another. Yeah. So the only way to get out of a like a an addiction, a lot of people bounce from one addiction to another. Yeah. Because if because you, you, you need something to grab onto. Yeah. So if you let go of the cigarettes you then you end up Grabbing, grabbing onto something else. Yeah. The only way to be free is actually to pursue Christ mm. and let Him mm. satisfy you. Mm. Then that will break the, the, that control over you. So anyway, verse 10, it says to know Christ and the power of His resurrection. It, there's a power. It's not that there is love in it, but there's a power in there. Yeah, well, and that, you, that's, you that's need a, it to need overcome it. Absolutely all of these you need it. But I think it, I, I, yes, you do. But I think it's more than that. I think it's also the power that is necessary in order to be able to walk in the world and do the things that Christ did, mm. yeah. which is what he said we should do. Yeah. Uh, but, and the church is not doing it. And so why isn't the church doing it? It's partly because of doubt and unbelief, but it's partly because it's not got itself into this position of knowing Christ. If you know Christ intimately, the power comes as yeah. part of the package um, because he's in you and the Holy Spirit's in you and there's no shortage of power. And Ephesians talks about this. I can do more than you can think or imagine according to the power that dwells in you. Yeah. So there's no question about it. The question is how do you release it? And how you release it is by knowing him. That's very, mm. very good. Very good. That's right. Um, we don't own the power. No, it's, it's not ours. It's mm. the power of Israel. So the only way we can access the power is by drawing close to Him. Yeah. And um, the th the thing is, it's it, it's this power. He it's he's talking about experiential Christianity. Mm. He he wants to experience Christ. He wants to know Christ, mm. and that's based on trusting in Christ as our righteousness and power over sin, over our sin nature and uh, power to, to live the Christian life. Mm. Christ wants to empower us in everything we do. Mm. And, and Paul wants to experience that power. Yeah. So he, is, he, is, um, he knows the closer I can get to Christ, the yeah. more I'll experience his power. So, so the point is, it, it, it says, that, and it, it's all these things you said, um, it, it's, uh, he says it's the power of the resurrection because the Lord overcame sin mm. and death and rose again. Yes. And Acts 1, he, the, the Holy Spirit, mm. you know, the Lord ascended and the Holy Spirit was then um, uh, poured out. Yes. And so the power of the resurrection is, as it were, the spiritual life. It's the Holy Spirit. Mm. It is. Um, of the Godhead, of Jesus, of, you know, entering in. Yeah. So the resurrected life of the Lord Jesus comes in mm. to us. We know the power of the resurrection. Mm. Because if the Lord had not risen again, there would be no Never ascension. Be no, yeah. There would be no uh, uh, pouring out of the Holy Spirit. Exactly. There would be no overcoming, you know, all the sins of the flesh. No. It's, it's the grace of God. And, and it does, relates to the last verse. If I can just pick one yeah. thing out from verse 9. He says not having my own righteousness which is from the law but that which is through faith in Christ the righteousness which is from God by faith mm -hmm. now you can read that two ways and is it talking about imputed righteousness you know which is the legal side or imparted righteousness 
which is the dynamic, righteous life of Christ in us. Mm. And I have to say it's both, because there is only one righteousness of Christ. So first of all, that righteousness of Christ imputed to us is our foundation, Mm. so we can relax, you know, no condemnation in Christ. We stand in that righteousness. But he's also talking about that now in us is this righteous life, and it's almost the same thing, his resurrection life, Mm is now in us, mm. and Paul wants to live by that. It's like a river in us of life, and the more we focus on Christ, the more we access yes. that, that life. Mm-hmm. The more we grab onto the idols, our heart detaches from that life. Mm-hmm. We can't experience it. So Paul knows, hey, it's far better if I just pursue Christ, and yeah. he'll give me all the things I need mm. anyway, but let me just live out, out of that righteous life, yeah. that resurrection life mm. inside me. Mm. And mm. then he, he, I will experience yeah. something awesome. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, it, you, you have to sort of get your head around the fact that sometimes Paul talks about being in Christ, and now we've just talked about Christ being in us. Um, it, it's... Um, you, uh, when you put the two together, it's, it, it's, you need to sort of separate them and see what each means in itself. Like, yes, you know, well, we became in Christ, didn't we, as we were crucified with him. Yeah. We, we're, we're now in him, yeah. and as a result of that, he then dwells in us. Yeah. Mm. I don't know if that's yeah. clear, that, but that, that yeah. seems a relatively he simple talks way. later about sharing. There's in, a in positional aspect, yes. which is like we're a, we're a branch in the vine. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We're in Christ yeah. positionally, but then he goes on and says, now you need to abide in me, yeah. and I will abide in you. That's right. That's the so point. there's a positional aspect. We're in Christ. That's the imputed righteousness. We're, you know, we're righteous yeah. through faith. We're yeah. saved. But now that we don't just relax, you know, yeah. we relax as far as our position is concerned. Yeah. But Paul is not relaxed as far as his pursuit is concerned. Very good. Now that I'm in Christ, very poetic. now He's I will pursue yeah. Christ with all yeah. my heart. Excellent. He's still working out his yeah. salvation yes, by very, and trembling. Very good. He doesn't have to work for his salvation. Yeah. No, but he has He's to now work working it out, and he, this is what he's doing right yeah. here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that really, really helps. And so the yeah. more so we abide in Christ, you know, right. the more we pursue Christ, yeah. he will, that allows him yeah. to experientially to abide in us, to live within us. And, and we're just, as it were, scratching the surface of this relationship. I, I often think, you, you talked about love relationship, you know, and, and the, the picture is of the church being the bride of Christ or us being in the bride. And, um, and that picture of betrothal and, you know, leading up to the marriage supper of the Lamb, at, you know, and the great wedding is like just the beginning. Yes. So mm. we're just scratching the surface. We, you know, we're trying to understand this relationship, but we, as we've said before, we will know one day, even as we're fully known, you know, in, in, a, in a married relationship mm. with the bridegroom through all eternity, where we really will discover something. But at the moment, we, you know, we have limitations yes, in terms do. of comprehending these these wonderful truths, but it certainly is is more than a superficial relationship. Yes, you know we're, this. We're talking about things that are really you're fully immersed in the Lord. 
Yes. You know, you're not just dipping your toe in to the relationship or testing it, and mm. you, you're actually fully immersed, and then you, you're just starting to know him, as it were, mm. and to be found, we want to be found in him, but um, just imagine how, how much you, we've all been married, you know, we've all had, had, had the, the, the betrothal and, and the wedding, we didn't know that much <laughs> about <laughs> our spouse <laughs> at that point in time, but we're just on the threshold, aren't we? We haven't even got to the, the real thing yet. Mm. We're just, just there and we're getting a taste, a foretaste yes. of heaven. That's right. And what, what, the interesting thing is, is Paul rests in Christ for his salvation, but he is pursuing Christ with all his heart, yeah. everything he's got. Yeah. And, and, that, that, and at the end of the chapter, he kind of deals with one big problem in the Christian world, uh, which was a problem then and is now, that mm. a lot of people think, well, okay, I'm saved, I'm forgiven, I'm going to heaven. I don't need to really put forth any effort now. Mm. I'm, I'm, you know, yeah. hyper grace, I think is yeah, one word for it. Right. I, I just, you know, I can do what I want, really. Um, and it's a misunderstanding, yeah. really. You were brought into this love relationship. Christ forgave you in order that now you can pursue him with all your heart. You don't have to worry about your own state. Mm. That's been sorted. Mm. Now, Mm. Give your give your heart, give your life to, to the Lord. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and alongside this, because people, some people might be fearful, they think, well, am I going to lose everything else if I am doing this? Because Paul rather suggests it. Am I going to lose my family? Is it in in my total uh, uh, obsession? Is not really the right word, mm -hmm. but the one I'm going to use. My total obsession with Christ. And the answer to that is no, because we know that written in heaven in a book is all your life mm -hmm. and and the Lord will fulfill that yeah. you know and it might be a very exciting life we yeah. still need scientists and engineers and mathematicians and all these people we need them and and so but you'll be so fulfilled in your work That's right. That's right. and you'll be fulfilled because the Lord is giving you inspiration he's giving you answers he's giving you, you who's that that chap who I can't remember his yeah. name. You might know who was who was born educationally subnormal, and at, at the age of fifteen, mm. he was in he was right in with the kindergarten at school. Mm. Um, he his the school wanted to kick him out, and his mother, who was a strong Christian, insisted that the headmaster put him in the right year for his yeah. for his age, which yeah. I think was year five or something yeah. like that. Um, this is in America, of course. It's always in America. Mm. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, uh, and she was a praying woman and she prayed for her son and the headmaster said reluctantly we'll do it but before we do it he's got to take a test yeah. and he took a test I think it was trigonometry yeah. remember he come from education subnormal yeah. he got 100% yeah. mm. and he, he talks about it he said it was the Lord mm. I, he gave me the answers yes. I knew it all isn't that wonderful? Yeah, it is wonderful? And that's what's available yeah. to us. It's yeah, not that the right. Lord wants us to cheat that's because right. we get no satisfaction out of that's that. Right. But, you know, he'll teach us and show us the way yeah. and it'll be exciting. And, and on this point about are, are you going to lose, I, um, I remember in the uh, Chuck, Chuck Colson story where, you know, he was in the intensity of, of, of Watergate, which he was eventually imprisoned for, but when he you know, sat with his wife and, you know, just, I think he had, he'd writ, uh, read Mere Christianity and he decided to give his heart to the Lord, but he shared it with his wife and she was worried about 
what they would be losing, you see, you yeah. know, and, and would he become more distant, yeah. you know, to, to her? And, and he said, no, it can only improve. Can only improve. <laughs> That's right. You know, it's, it's going to be more than rather than less than. That's yeah. the faith issue. Yeah. It's, it requires you to trust God. Yeah. Because when you let go of your idols, yeah. you're now trusting God. Mm. He's your source. Mm. And, and you just have to know that you have to believe that he's good. Yeah. And the two things that drive us into sin is pride and insecurity. Mm. And it's the insecurity. Now, pride is the desire to keep control. Mm. But insecurity is, if I do yeah. go, will God really come through for me? Mm. But that, and, and that's what Satan plays on, our mm. insecurity. Mm. Like with Adam and Eve, oh, well, you're going to miss out. If you don't grab this fruit, yeah. Yeah. you're going to miss out. And, and Adam, they needed to really trust God and say, no, if I'm meant to have this blessing, God will give it to me in the right time. Yeah. But I, I need to stay under his presence and God will lead me in my life. And if that's a blessing God has for me, yeah. he'll, he'll give yeah. it to me. Yeah. And you just have to trust God, isn't yeah. it? That yeah. about, those, about your future. Yeah, I, so I, I, I um, uh, had a kind of career that I was starting, you know, at, at the WH Smith head office. And I, you know, I had a lot of sort of privileges through through um, meeting the chairman and and I um, but I came to this crisis and I remember sharing with Lance Lambert uh, uh, you know that I didn't you know, I'd literally been offered a sort of golden road and he said you know in so many years you could be you know chairman you know and all of this sort of sort of flattery and and Lance said well I he got to a point when he when he um, the Lord was calling him to go to Israel. And he said, God is no man's debtor. And, and then secondly, that um, he, he will more than compensate. He'll more than provide for you if you choose. And he, and he described how he basically went and lived by faith. You know, he, he left, went to Israel and, and he, he lived uh, by faith, you know, without a proper job as it were. And of course, you know, the Lord provided more than provided uh, for him and uh, you know the Lord's more than provided for me but it hasn't it hasn't been a normal career but you get to a point in your life where you decide are you you know yeah. do you want to give your life to what I've mentioned a brand but to any brand or to any company in this life um, your whole working life five days a week you know, what does it profit a man, <laughs> you know, yes. even if you become the top in, in a company. It's if it was God's will for you, that would be yes, fine. But yes. Yeah. But God had something better and, for you. And yes. yeah, I, I, I believe so. I, I, I often reflect, reflect on it because it was a big thing because that, the following that um, meeting with Lance on a Sunday in Richmond, not far from the studios, um, he, um, I went the Monday morning you know, and said to the managing director, I've you know, decided I'm leaving. It was just like a, a bombshell. So it, it, it was try seeking to obey, not to string it out or anything and see, you know, see how it goes. And, and, but I don't, honestly, everything has been different because of that. Yes. I then went and lived in Prague, I, you know, got involved in Christian things over there and then met my wife. Well, none of that would have happened, you mm. see. And if I was on some treadmill, exactly. <laughs> you know. Seek first the kingdom of God, Matthew yeah. 6, 33. Yeah. That's what it is. You seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You give him the control. It's yeah. his righteousness. Yeah. It's his instructions. Yeah. It's his kingdom. You, you submit 
to him. And that requires you that you, you trust that his plan yeah. for your life is the best. Yeah. And then all these things will be added to That's you. Right. You will be blessed. You don't know what form that blessing will be in, yeah, exactly. but you will be blessed. You know, you don't need to worry definitely. about yourself. And to you know, try and it's, conform it's to this world, to conform to the sort of the, whatever it is, the, you know, the mortgage and pension model, you know, yeah. why? Yes. You know, if you, if, if especially in these days when everything seems to be a, a completely in flux, why give yourself to something that's not going to deliver? Guaranteed it's not going it, to deliver. You know, it might, there might be a Christian man out there that's the head of some big organization. No doubt. And that is, it, it, and it could well be that God called him to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, actually, I mean? the chair said the to me. The whole issue is God's will. He said to me, well, Tim, you can do it, because obviously I then had a fight back after I had left, he wanted to meet me. And he said, Tim, you can do a lot of good. Mm. And, we, and there's no doubt you can. And the Lord, I totally agree, the Lord puts people in different positions. But, but you, it but wasn't God's will for you because... I, I think you, you have, have to had, hear from him. You would have had that excitement from God. Yeah. This is, this is yeah. your calling, yeah. you know, and you obviously did And you've got to hear from him. Yeah. And, you, you know, you can, you can manipulate what, what you're hearing. You've got to be very, very careful, you know, with big things. But, but again, you know, wonderful kids, you know, wonderful people I'm sitting yeah. with in this studio. And it's, it's a blessing. All of that would never have happened. So, praise the Lord. Yeah, so I, yeah, I think I do consider you, it as rubbish, though. And for you, me, yeah, I consider exactly. all of the career-type stuff as, as rubbish, honestly. Compared to knowing and obeying Christ. That's right. You see what I mean? That's right. So, so it's when that... I'm just having this little bit of personal ministry from Derek here. Well, yeah, carry all, on. all I'm saying <laughs> is that... You know, it's because you didn't idolize status That's and right. money That's right. that, you know, I'm assuming that wasn't God's will. No. And it, but that could, had you idolized those yeah. benefits, yeah. That, that could have been strong enough if you coveted those mm. things to pull you away from mm. God because that was so valuable to mm. you. Mm. But because you wanted God's will, mm. you counted that mm. those benefits were nothing really than being in God's will being in God's presence. But for someone else, if it's God's call on them, then they're obeying God doing that, and then the, those extra benefits are bonuses for yeah, them. Exactly, exactly. And by the way, it's not often just one occasion in your life. You know, these little, as it were, the temptations to go down another road are always there, yes. and you just have to and, and trust the Lord to guard you, protect you from you know, all of the, you know, the snares that the enemy puts out there. So we're all susceptible to, to that. So we're out of time this week, you know, only a few verses this week. We'll see you next week uh, in Philippians 3.